What's up, you beauties? Welcome to the Flyers Are Down Bad Spaces. This is going to be uh, episode 4.52, the final episode of season four for High and Wide Radio. And obviously, as you guys know, Flyers training camp starts in a couple days. Our next episode next week will be episode one of season five. Man, five years doing this already with you guys. It's been fun. Um, but yeah, let's let's not waste any time. This is going to be a quick, uh, you know, half hour, 45 minute uh, segment, mostly because I, I want to hear from uh, you guys. I want to hear from the fans, the listeners. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on with this with this team, with this franchise, always seems to sort of be on the negative end. But uh, I, I felt this would be a good way to interact and kind of see how you guys are feeling, you know, because you, you can kind of get the vibe on Twitter. Um, but everything, Twitter is just such a negative space, right? It's very hard to be anything but negative on there. And the Flyers don't make that, uh, they don't make it any easier. So uh, just to catch everybody up, to bring everybody up to speed, just in case you hadn't seen um you know training camp is now less than two days away and the flyers are already without their 1c in sean couturier uh fans were already down on the roster heading into camp because of the lack of additions uh more specifically they're missing out on uh local star johnny gaudreau i mean the guy fell into their lap right how how often does that happen anymore in in any sport uh, let alone the Flyers, right? I mean, the Toronto Maple Leafs had, uh, they had no issue bringing in John Tavares, you know, even though they had to still sign uh, Austin Matthews and they signed uh, uh, Mitch Marner. No problem. Oh, John Tavares wants to, wants to play here? Yeah, let's bring him in. We'd be crazy not to, right? Flyers had a hard time doing that for some reason. They couldn't get it done. Who does that fall on? It falls on the general manager, I think. And, um, you know, it's become a, a theme with, with the Flyers and Chuck Fletcher. Uh, seemingly can't do anything right. Even when he does something right, brings in, you know, a guy like Ryan Ellis, looks like a great deal. Uh, guy plays four games, you know, signs Sean Couturier to this eight-year contract. Uh, I think we were all, all excited at the time. Uh, eight years, $7.75 million a season. Looked great. We were all praising Chuck. I mean, I think Jason Mertides, uh retweeted the Flyers tweet from whenever it was. I think it was a year ago now, or a year or so ago. The comments, everybody loved it. You know, some big accounts in the comments praising the signing. Uh, I know, I'll speak for myself, I loved the deal, right? Regardless of what Couturier had going on. If the Flyers were going to compete, for a Stanley Cup, if they were going to make playoff runs, Sean Couturier was, is, was a critical player to that success, right? You're talking about a Selkie winning top line center who can put up 65, 75 points a season. And um, unfortunately, nobody could foresee what would happen shortly after that. I mean, back issues, right? And we'll get a little bit more specific there. Um, I've heard different things about Sean Couturier's back issues. Uh, I don't know that I'm going to put that out on this show, but uh, there's just some speculation on my part to what's actually going on with that whole thing. Uh, maybe we can connect some dots later on in this quick episode here. Um, but yeah, let's, let's kind of take a rundown of how this summer kind of played out and how we got to where we are now. Uh, blank check off season. Right. That's all we heard uh, midway through last year. You guys remember that press conference, right? Um, Chuck Fletcher is going to have the blank check. Anything he needs, he's got it. Right. Those were the words of Dave Scott. Um, the expectations were high coming into this offseason. We knew we knew for a long time. And I know it wasn't, you know, only until, you know, right up until the, the uh, free agency that people knew Johnny Gaudreau wanted to come to Philly. I knew this. This was known for months, for months, that Johnny Gaudreau wanted to play for the Flyers. And they couldn't get it done. They, didn't, they couldn't make it happen. Even though it was blank check offseason, top 10 player in this league, the only player that scored more points last year than Johnny Gaudreau was Connor McDavid, and he wanted to play for the Flyers. Couldn't get it done. So blank check offseason turned into reevaluation season. Totally fine, right? You, you strike out on the big-name free agent. You need to kind of shift gears a little bit. 
Um, so I understand that. I was angry at that. I was like, I'm sure a lot of you guys were too, but I understand it. Okay. Like you have to take a step back. Now that they're, they're going to different courts. Um, I'm sorry. I forgot to mention they bring in a Tortorella. Um, I'm not. Tortorella for me kind of set the tone right away. And I think a lot of people forget what he said. I don't have the quote in front of me. But winning is not at the top of his list right now. What's at the top of his list is changing mindsets, changing culture, getting the right attitude, playing the games the right way, um, you know, on and, and being the right kind of person off the ice. Those are the goals. Those are the pri- That's the primary focus heading into next year. So if you're watching the Flyers next season for wins, you're setting yourself up for disappointment for because they're telling you right now, they're not playing for wins, right? And you look at some of the moves they made, right? The, the blank check off season. Nick Delorier. I like the guy. I know it's not very popular to say. I like the guy. I think he's going to play a role here and he's going to play his role well. But not exactly the kind of blank check off season signing people were expecting. And I think the people upset about the four years are rightfully upset. Um, you look at, they bring in Justin Braun. Now, I like the guy. Very serviceable player. Can play his role. Uh, you know, he plays it very well. Third-line pairing guy. You can pair him up with the Cam York or a young defenseman. Uh, maybe he can flex into the second pairing. Uh, he's, not, he's not, you know, no one's going crazy for Justin Braun besides me. And then Tony D'Angelo. And here's my issue. Because he's a, a good player. You know, solid player. Here's my issue with this. And this reflects back on Chuck Fletcher. Chuck Fletcher, Chuck Fletcher had an opportunity to sign this guy last offseason. You remember when nobody wanted to sign Tony D'Angelo? And he ended up signing with the Carolina Hurricanes for a year for $1 million, right? And he had a 60-point season with them. A good GM would do something like that. Take the chance, right? Take the heat. Because if you, if you are going to get heat for that move, you're only spending a million on it for a season, right? A good GM would take that chance. It was reported. I don't know if it, if it ever came out. Tony D'Angelo wanted to play for the Flyers. He came to the Flyers and said, hey, I would like, you know, can you give me a shot? Didn't happen, obviously, right? I guess the Flyers figured that Keith Yandel was enough, right? Minus 50 or whatever the hell he was last year. That's just terrible. That's terrible GMing right there. Absolutely terrible. I know they brought in uh, Yandel because they thought he'd fit in with the locker room. He thought he'd fit in with Kevin Hayes, uh, buddies and all that. That's great. I understand it. But sometimes you got you just have to go for the skill, go for the player, take the heat. Uh, and, and why this is relevant is because fast forward to this offseason, Tony D'Angelo has the, I think it was the best year of his career, 60-plus point uh, season, playing with Jacob Slavin, had a, played very well. Um, and now Chuck Fletcher gives up, I believe it was three draft picks, and signs him to a two-year deal worth $10 million, $5 million apiece, right, over the two years. When you put it like that, it's fine. Two-year deal, five million, five million apiece, two years is nothing. You could have had him for a million and, and then maybe, you know, signed him, to a, a, signed him again. It didn't have to be for five million. I, I don't know, man. To me, that's just horrible asset management. It's Chuck Fletcher in a nutshell while he's been here. We heard it all, you know, Chuck Fletcher, there's Chuck Fletcher, that in Minnesota. He's still the same guy, unfortunately. Um, so over time, I have lost faith in Chuck Fletcher. And, and I guess where I'm going with this, I'm still, this is all kind of, it's been a snowball of an off season, right? Like just when you think things couldn't get worse, they do, they do. And that's all it's been for the last couple of years. Just bad news, nonstop bad news, uh, from this Flyers franchise. And, and it's unfortunate because the following the Flyers have, it's like a cult. Right? I mean, don't get me wrong. The Eagles have a, a cult following. Everybody loves football. But, you know, they get a lot of bandwagon fans. The Sixers, obviously, the, the same way. When they're good, everybody's a Sixers fan. Everybody loves basketball. Phillies. The Flyers, it's like a niche. It's a niche sport. They're always going to have that cult following. Right? So it's like when when this kind of stuff happens, man, it hurts. It hurts bad. Flyers fans are down bad, just like the franchise. Right? I can't remember a time where it's been where it's been this bad, where it's just all the news that comes out. It's just there's never anything positive that comes out from this franchise. So um, let's kind of move on a little bit. Let's get to the PTO. So I mentioned earlier, Flyers signed Delorier, who I feel 
you know, he's going to play a role and he's going to play it well. If you're expecting goals or offensive zone possession time from Nick Deloria, you're going to be disappointed because that's not that's not the player that he is, right? Because that, that's kind of the argument that I get. You know, oh, they signed Deloria. They could have signed the guy that can cycle the puck or that can put pucks to the net. Well, they didn't, and that's not who he is. So I understand the argument. But if you're expecting that from Deloria, then you're going to be upset. It's like it, like the people that expect James Van, James Van Riems like to, to hit somebody five times a game. Not the player he is. You're setting, you're making yourself angry, you know. Um, but I understand. I understand where people are coming from because they already had Zach McEwen on the roster, right? They had a guy that can drop gloves, that can throw the body, that can get down on the forecheck kind of thing. Um, add in now that they've signed Antoine Roussel. They've added him to the mix on on a PTO. Fans are losing their minds again, right? Um, it's 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 a lot. Like they're they're kind of going. It looks like they're going the opposite way of how the game is played these days. Uh, but you have to remember that wins are not the top priority for this team this year. The, the change of mindset, culture. They're you know they're they're a soft bunch of guys. We've heard it multiple times. The locker room is splintered. They're bringing in guys that can try to make this thing tighter and think about the future because it's not going to happen this year they're bringing in guys that can uh sort of maybe mold minds for for the next one two three years they're trying to build something it can always add to the roster but if the if the locker room sucks it doesn't matter who you add to the roster they're walking into a shitty situation um so i understand that you know as, as fans there um okay so speaking of ptos artem anisimov was quietly signed a PTO. It was announced that he signed it yesterday. Uh, and not too long after that was reported, Sean Couturier, uh, it was announced. Uh, I believe Anthony Sanfilippo put out uh, a report or an article that Sean Couturier would miss some time with what Anthony said uh, is a herniated disc, right? And I believe in Anthony's article mentioned Couturier would miss uh, I think it was one to three months, if not the entire season. Okay, so remember that. Not long after that was reported, the Flyers came out, and Chuck Fletcher had said that Sean Couturier was considered week to week. Right? Didn't say with what, said upper upper body injury, and that he said that he will be reevaluated during camp. Now, I don't know about you guys. I, I knock on wood. I've never had any back issues. Never had a herniated disc. Right? We know that Sean Couturier had uh, back surgery last season. Um, there's there's just a lot going on with that now. And if you're if you're worried about Sean Couturier, you sh- you should be. You you are justified in that. If you're not worried about Sean Couturier, Hey, hats off to you. I wish I could be like that, you know, but the one C has back issues. The guy that just signed an eight-year deal kicks in this season. He's here for eight years, the next decade, basically. He's got back issues. You're number one center. That's a problem, man. That's a big-time problem. Um, so Chuck Fletcher's saying week to week they're going to reevaluate him, which, if it is a herniated disc, Makes sense, because I did some Google researching myself here, Dr. Jim, right? And I looked up recovery time for herniated disc, because I've never had this. I've never experienced it. Um, I saw here it could take a few days to four weeks to six weeks, uh, but it it could even get better within a few days, depending on how, how severe the herniation was and where it occurred, right? I think what they said was it occurred in, uh, in uh, an exercise or strength and conditioning last week. I don't know about you guys. I'm not buying that, though. I'm not buying that it happened last week. Sean Couturier talked last week. He looked as happy as could be, can be. He looked healthy. He seemed in good spirits. He did, however, mention that during his off-season training over the summer, he experienced minor setbacks, multiple minor setbacks, along the way and you know as, as athletes go they increase um intensity in their workouts as they get closer to camp and closer to the season and whatnot they want to get stronger faster better um but that concerned me i didn't i didn't bring anything up because i didn't want to cause an unnecessary stink but when i heard him say that i said oh back surgery was months and months ago what kind of setbacks are you having here 
if it was surgery and the, and the surgery corrected whatever was wrong, it should be healed. It should, I'm, I'm, again, I'm not a doctor, so I could be talking out of my ass a little bit here. Unless it was a muscle thing, it, I would expect him to be ready to go. And he looked good. Couturier looked good. He looked fit. He looked in shape. Like I said, he was in good spirits. And now this comes out a week later. I think it's fair to speculate a little bit. I think it's fair to wonder if we're getting the truth. And, you know, we can go look back. Ryan Ellis was considered, they came out and said Ryan Ellis was week to week. Last year, last October, Ryan Ellis, right? Played four games week to week with lower body injury. Hasn't played since, which it's, it's BS. If you're a fan... Time to start noticing that stuff. We deserve the truth, right? That's what we were all upset about a couple months ago. That all we wanted was the truth. What is going on? What What's going on with Ryan Ellis? We still don't know. It's it's supposedly a it's supposedly a multi-factored thing in you know the the midsection area region, hip region, groin excuse me, groin region, whatever. Sean Couturier. Now we're getting the same thing week to week, upper body injury. Add in that Ann Sanfilippo, well-known, well-respected Flyers journalist, has reported that he's, he's got a, a herniated disc and has a chance to miss the season? Something doesn't add up, right? Because we go back, herniated disc takes four to six weeks, apparently, according to the clevelandclinic.org, and, uh, unless it's more severe. But that's the typical recovery time, four to six weeks. That's a little bit over a month, not an entire season. What's going on there? There's something going on. Like I said, I've heard things behind the scenes about Sean Couturier's back. Um, I've been led to believe that this is an issue that will never go away, that it's something he's going to have to live with for the rest of his life. Um, and that's all I'll say about that. So I want to I wanna kind of finish up here and then we'll, we'll open the lines there's a couple of you guys on i know mark requested to speak i want to hear from mark this was mark's idea so kudos to you mark um yeah i, I want to know who who do we trust do you do you trust the flyers when they come out and and talk about injuries talk about length of it, in, of injuries i will say with joel Faraby, he he will be ready to play sooner than the timeline they gave so I think there's some of that going on now where they're, where they're trying to look out for the medical staff. You know, because if, if, if they give you the, the short end of the timeline and the player doesn't come back for another couple weeks, it makes, the med, it makes the staff look bad. Whereas if the player comes back sooner than the timeline they gave, no one's going to notice that. Everyone's going to be happy. Everyone's going to be, oh, Joel Farabee came back. He's a tough kid, blah, 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 right? That's what we're going to say. So expect Joel Farabee back sooner than the timeline they gave. I think they gave end of October, early November. He'll come back sooner. Um, but who do we trust is, is the main question here. Do you trust the Flyers when they come out and tell you guys are week to week, right? Because we've been burned. Nolan Patrick's an example as well, right? What's going on? Um, so, yeah, training camp's less than two days away. Flyers are already without their first center, their, their top-line guy, Um you think back to, to last year, Flyers ran out of centers quick. Couturier was one of those guys. Kevin Hayes was in and out of the lineup. Uh, Nate Thompson went down. Morgan Frost wasn't, you know, wasn't a solution for anything. Uh, I know I'm missing some guys here. Patrick Brown, Derek Broussard. I mean, they were missing five, five NHL centers, right? And, you know, I know people are going to laugh and say Nate Thompson, NHL center, whatever. But these were guys expected to be on the roster. Anybody replacing them was going to be from the AHL playing in the NHL. You know what I mean? So guys that couldn't beat out Derek Broussard, Nate Thompson, and, and Patrick Brown were now in the NHL. And they're starting off next season almost the same way here, right? You got Kevin Hayes as your 1C. You got Morgan Frost. I guess you have to pencil him in at this point as your 3C. I guess Scott Walton has a chance to play center there. And, um, you know, Lazinski is going to get a chance to show what he can do. It's just starting off. It's starting off the way around the same time when things got bad for the Flyers last year. We're starting off that way, you know, and it sucks because you want to be excited for the season. 
But man, we're down bad early, early, two days before training camp, we're down. Um, so I want to get some, some of your guys' perspectives here because uh, I know you guys are upset and I'm upset. We're all upset. You know, we love this team and we want to see them do well. And literally the complete opposite's happening now. And uh, so I want to hear you guys and I know you want to be heard. That's the main reason we're doing the spaces here. Uh, to make sure you guys are hurt. So uh, let's get it all out today, boys and girls. Who uh, who do we have first here? If you guys uh, don't know how to request, there should be a microphone on the bottom left. Or um, Let me see. Is it the three dots here? Uh, we'll get Mark on, Mark, and tell everybody how to, to chime in. So give me a second, Mark. We'll get you in. I'm going to add you, add you as a speaker. Just uh, make sure your microphone is unmuted. You're good, buddy. Go oh, there we go. Hey, James, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Nice. All right. So, you know, as I sit here, you know, in good old University City having a drink and, you know, just thinking about some of the things that you said, you know, we've had a we've had previous sessions like this before where we've, you know, been able to digest things from free agency. You know, we've talked about D'Angelo. We've talked about Tortorella. And, and now one of the things that you said today really stuck out to me, and that was, you know, we're not looking for wins here this year, right? This is going to be about, you know, really building the character in the locker room and trying to fix some of these, these issues. But, you know, I might get crucified for, from some other people on this, on the line here, but, you know, before this news with Couturier came out, I actually thought that there was still a chance that this team could, you know, surprise some people this year. You know, I'm I'm not saying anything like playoffs or, you know, something like that, but I really thought with Tortorella behind the bench, that this could be a competitive roster. And then when this news comes out yesterday, right, you know, I was on Twitter having a field day with this. And it's just like, you've got to be kidding me. You know, Ant was saying, you know, well, we've heard a lot of different things about what could happen with Coots. It could be weeks. It could be the whole season. And then what, what really grinds my gears about this one, too, is going back to Ellis. Just tell us the dude is done. Right. You know, at the end of the day, he's going on long term injured reserve. We're probably not going to see him in a Flyers jersey at all. You know, I'm, again, just speculating there. But, you know, with the way things are going, let's be real. And then another thing that really bothers me, and it's not something that we've talked about here before. And if I have and if we have, I've, I've missed it. But with all these issues with the team. Right. And then you still have rising season ticket prices. You still have all these amenities they're trying to roll out at the Wells Fargo Center. You know, all these renovations that they're doing and, and, you know, really the increased cost of going to games. And and I just stop and think, it's like, who who in their right mind would actually pay to go watch this team play right now? You know, if the team was a little bit more transparent, you know, with Fletcher, I mean, he's got to go. But if the team was more transparent from like a Dave Scott level, I think they'd have some respect back from the fans in, in, a, in, a, in a way. So, I mean, can it get any worse? What's next? Are we going to get to opening night and, and all of a sudden Kevin Hayes is going to tweak something like he did last season? I mean, that's just what I'm fearful of at this point. Well, I think that's, that's a fair way to think. Um, and I've been asking myself that same thing for – the last year or so, can things get worse? <laughs> and they find a way to do it. It's it's so crazy, man. So, like I, I like I was saying that somewhat to myself today. How could things possibly get worse now? Right, you're without arguably your best defenseman. Who you know, it sounds silly to say because he's only played four games, but you're without that guy. I mean, he's taking up a chunk of your salary cap. You're without your best offensive player and, and best defensive forward in Couturier for who knows how long. Um, you know, we're, we're all kind of banking on Carter Hart. You know, they finally have the goalie. And it's like, oof, man, if things keep going the way they're going, is he going to be here? You know, like all these kind of crazy questions start popping up. Ivan Provorov, who we're all excited about. And um, I, I'm not ready to give up on the guy. You know, I'm, I like Provorov. I, I like his work ethic. I think he, he could do well under Tortorella. But will he still be here? You know, so... Um, you know, and everybody, a lot of people love Travis Konechny and things like that. Not my kind of guy, not my kind of player, I'm sorry I meant to say. But, you know, will he be here? He's a fan favorite, so I know fans like him. Um, but there's going to be just more and more change. So I've, I've asked myself this question a bunch of times. Why am I interested in watching the Flyers this year? 
And uh, I, I guess it's to see the transformation of the mindset, of the mentality, of, you know, how are these guys going to um, survive, adapt to John Tortorella, you know, because we, we know guys like Ham Atkinson can do it. He's played for him before. He've, he's advocated for him to come here. Uh, and they brought him in. You know, how is it, it sucks because you want to watch them win. And the reason why we watch the Flyers is because we want to ultimately see them win the Stanley Cup. But that's so far, you know, so far away now. Like, we're, like I'm watching this team to see if they can play the right way. Can they play hard? You know what I mean? It's, it's so crazy to say. Like, it's disappointing, really. But uh, I, I had to take a step back myself and say, okay, I'm going to watch this team to see if they can fix things for next season and hopefully, you know, now get a draft pick. I mean, you talk to talk to Jack, right? Like, Jack was gung-ho about rebuild. Like, uh, the, the, the players that they have are injury-prone and Chuck Fletcher stinks. And uh, I was very much against that. I, I still am very much against a rebuild. But we're being – I'm being sort of, like, submissed into, okay, well, they kind of have to go that route now. Like, they don't have a shot at winning – so you might as well lose as much as you can. And what better draft to do that in, you know? What do you think, Mark? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Well, all right, all right, let me be careful how I say that. I don't want to openly, you know, say that we should just tank. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, to your point, I mean, there's really nothing else to do here because this team's just not going to be competitive now, right. you know, with it was especially from yesterday. And the one other thing that I just wanted to make a comment on, too, is something that kind of, you know, I was, I was doing some digging and some past news that had come out. So why does it seem that the news about Joel Farabee uh, when it came out over the summer was a little bit more in-depth, uh, if you will, in terms of context from the Flyers? And, and maybe I'm missing something here. But I, I thought that, um, you know, they've been more, you know, that they've communicated more about the Farabee injury then they have, you know, what's going on with Ellis. We, we know that. And now Coots, you know, I mean, that just happened. So that's going to take some time for that to come out. But the point that I'm trying to make is here, if you look around the league, right, where you've had issues with, you know, Shea Weber, right, and now he's probably going to spend, well, he is going to spend the rest of his career on long-term injured reserve until that massive behemoth contract is up. Why are we not getting that same level of communication from the Flyers where, they're just like, all right, you know, it, it's not going to happen. And, yeah. you know, that that just, if you want fans and, you know, and, and again, I could be looking at this all wrong, but in Philadelphia, uh, what I've noticed, fans appreciate heart and effort. And, yeah. and if you come out there and you suck, but you're at least giving it all that you've got in the tank, the fans are going to respect you for it. And at the same time, that's that's, you know, privy to the players but it's also to the organization just come out and say what's going on just be transparent about the issues and and that's really about it that's i, I i'm at the point now where i am at a loss for words yeah. on, on my comprehension of these issues there's just I, no <laughs> I think you bring up a great point there and and if you know you're paying attention obviously because they came right out and said exactly what was wrong with joel farabee and if you kind of tie that in with, okay, they know what was wrong. They know exactly when he's going to come back. They put a timeline on it. They told you when he's going to come back, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, to make their staff look good, maybe he comes back sooner and this and that. But with Ellis, with Couturier, they said week to week, and that's that was it. They didn't tell you what exactly was wrong, nothing. If, if, if Anthony didn't put out that article, we would have no idea. We would just assume upper body, okay, it's got to be back something, right? Mm-hmm. Um so interesting there yeah you, you're definitely paying attention that's for sure um yeah they didn't say exactly what it was that all they did was the week-to-week thing will be reevaluated during camp and yeah unfortunate but yeah to your point i mean play hard work hard and and from the front office be honest we're not stupid fans you know we're we're diehards we're, we're um fanatical fans we're it's a cult following type thing like i mentioned we're going to notice this kind of stuff. Like, we live it, we breathe it, we eat it, we drink it. Like, we love this team. Uh, so, very good by you to, 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 to notice that. So, 
anybody else want to chime in here? We got a couple people. And then I see, uh, I see Philly's flyer here. I see, hey, Paul joined. What's up, Paul? Uh, we have Michael, Chris, Andy. Guys, feel free. You know, this is your time. We'll, we'll probably run this till about 5.15. Uh, if you need to be... Oh, Joe, go ahead, dude. You got something to say, buddy? What's up, James? Yeah. So, I, I feel like I'm uniquely qualified to talk about this Kateri injury, if it's what I think it is. A year ago, almost to the day a year ago, I had back surgery for a herniated disc, and I'm still not 100%. Wow. So if he's anywhere, like, I'm not a professional athlete by, by anything. I played ultimate frisbee in college, and that's, like, a joke. I'm not an NHL player. I have been playing in the NHL for 10 years. But if he's anything as bad as my injury was, this man may never play another game in the NHL again. Like, it's, I had, like, really bad nerve pain down my leg. Like, I lost a lot of muscle mass in my right leg. It's still apparent after, like, physical therapy and all that. Like, it's, if it's as bad as what mine was, and mine was not as bad as they thought it would be, that's really scary. Like, so, I don't know. You know more than me. I am literally am just no, some idiot 22-year-old. No, you're not. Are you kidding me? I, that was I mean, like, I mean, like, you know more about, like, if you, like, that thing that they told you, if that's right, you know more. But, like, from my experience, that's bad. Yeah, I mean, I know nothing about back injuries and, and going through that type of stuff. So, yeah, Joe, thanks for that. Yeah. I mean, no I'm sorry. Had, so, number one, sorry you had to go through that. And, you know, you're still recovering a year later. I mean, that that's rough, man. Um, but, yeah, and, and then to have to go out and, and bang bodies every other night and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I'm sure you took it easy for a little bit, right? I'm still taking it pretty easy. I mean, I don't, it's not like I'm getting paid $7.75 million a year to play <laughs> first line center for the flyers so well you could you could. i'd say i honestly on thursday <laughs> I, t- I told you in the chat i have my jersey name name and number already on there call me up i just gotta hey, probably get new skates just throw on a jersey uh, or even now just walk through the <laughs> walk through the uh the, the not even an hour to Voorhees from my house i can do it there you go I- i'd root for you shit I'd, I'd buy a jersey but uh yeah joe thank you for that i mean just it's it's so so unfortunate, and the the bed the I don't know what it is. What what happened? Like this team's it it's a curse now, right? Like they were they've been bad, and it, it's one thing to lose hockey games, but the stuff that's happening around this team is like sinister stuff, right? To lose Sean, he, the guy just signed. He just signed an eight eight year deal, and months later. He has a back issue. I'm not going to say degenerative, but he has a back issue that's likely going to linger for a while. You know, it's um, most injuries, I think, linger, linger for a while, but the back especially. And, um, you know, I would like to be positive. I think I'm generally a positive guy. There's always light at the end of the tunnel type thing. I just don't see it yet with the fly- with the Flyers. I think we're still kind of heading into the middle of that tunnel, you know. Um, I would like to be positive because I'm a big Tortorella fan. You know, I know a lot of people, hey, you can have your opinions on Tortorella. And I don't disagree with a lot of them, you know. The whole, you know, he's more of an older school coach. He worked in the NHL, you know, however many years ago in the new age style. He's not the right guy. Well, it depends why you're bringing in a guy like John Tortorella now. Like, like I said, the Flyers aren't winning 40-plus games. Hell, they might not even win 20 games, right? So keep that in mind and keep in mind why they brought a guy like him in. If you have a culture issue, if you have a locker room issue, he's here to figure that out, right? Maybe he's the, the room whisperer or whatever the hell you want to call him. I don't know. So if, like I said, if you need a reason to watch the Flyers this year, watch for that. Watch for, for Tortorella. Watch watch and see who comes aboard and, and who doesn't and who's, who falls by the wayside. Who do, who's not going to get in line, right? And, hey, that, it, that's fine. You know, if, if you don't get along with Torts, if you're not on this bus, that's okay. There's, there's 31 other teams to go play for, right? It's, uh, that, that's what this year is going to be. It's a stabilization or a reevaluation or whatever year. 
they're playing for next season in my mind who's going to be here next year right who who and then you know maybe the flyers get a top 3 pick which at this point i don't see how the hell that doesn't happen you know they get they get Bedard or Fantilli or the, the russian kid uh Michkov right and and we're going to be putting out some prospect stuff all year long we got some some good prospect writers joe and and paul are, are some of them there in here um it's going to be good stuff it's going to be good stuff at least for us. <laughs> for us you know not so much for the flyers well uh, we're going to try to to find the the positives or the silver linings i'm a silver lining kind of guy i, I can't the negative stuff i know it's inevitable but i'm just not somebody that can do that uh 24/7 um so we have Phileas Flyer this would be Anthony DeGrazio and whenever you're ready man just make sure you take yourself off mute Sorry about that. Uh, maybe you can get Ant back in. But yeah, so uh, we have about five, six minutes left, guys. We're only going to go till five fifteen today. I'm sorry for the short notice and the random time we picked here, four thirty. It was kind of a you know, we had some scheduling conflicts today. You know, sometimes that happens. But uh, I appreciate everyone that came to hang out, and I appreciate Mark for taking the time to speak, and obviously Joe too. Joe's going to put out some good content this year. I'm excited, excited to have Joe on the team. But um. Yeah, guys, feel free. Five minutes left. If you have anything you want to get off your chest, um, now's the time. Or if if there's anything, anything at all that you're looking forward to next season in camp, share it. You know, share it. Maybe there's maybe there are some positive things we're just just not seeing at this point. You know, because there's been so much bad with Couturier's injury. You know, the the the. the I don't even like the word divisive anymore, but the polarizing signing of Tony D'Angelo and, you know, what that's going to be like all year or for the next two years kind of thing. And I don't even have the energy to get into that kind of stuff. You know, we all make mistakes. Obviously, some are bigger than others. Nobody's perfect. Um, We all deserve, in my mind, second and even third chances. You know, people are good. I believe people are good at their core. Um, you know, sometimes they got to make mistakes to, to for positive change. So who knows? I'm going to give them a chance. I can't say I was crazy for the signing or for the person, but I'm going to give them a chance. So that's it. Um, if nobody has anything they want to add here, I, I pretty much covered what I wanted to cover. Um, feel free. Feel free to, to hit that microphone. Just make sure to unmute yourself. I'll give you the privilege. If not, we're gonna wrap up because I don't. I don't want to. I'm sure you guys don't want to hear me ramble on for the next five minutes here. Tell me who you think is going to win the division. You think the Flyers are going to make the play? <laughs> I think the Flyers are going to make the playoffs. You think the Flyers are going to get the number one pick? If they do, you take taking Bedard, obviously, right? I mean, we're going to get into all of this all year long. Um, that's going to be the challenge for us. Oh, we do have a request. Fly guy Josh. Let me add you a speaker, Josh. Just make sure to take yourself off of mute. It says connecting. Should be ready. Hey, can you hear me? Hey, yeah. Josh, thanks for... Yes, sir, go ahead. All you, sta- uh, stage is yeah, yours. Yeah, I just, I just wanted to bring up something I, I haven't heard you bring up yet. To me, the worst injury is... it. It's just another mark of why this offseason was so bad for Fletcher. There is, I I mean, the center depth is just a a disaster. And that might be a compliment. And there just was absolutely, you could tell, they just really thought that Coots was going to be fine. He was going to play a full season. And that Ellis was going to be back at some point. And, and even to your D'Angelo point, which, you know, setting character aside and, and all that, at, at least they signed somebody in, in case Ellis couldn't be back. But they really just went all in on Coots being healthy, which I, I don't think any of us actually thought he was going to play a full season. 
So, I mean, this just kind of, I guess the only positive I have is that this just sped up the frustration level in terms of highlighting something that was completely lacking from this offseason. Um, and I just wanted to bring that up because it just, pretty much any of us could have seen this coming. And it happened earlier than I think we thought. But I think Fletcher just, he just really botched. <laughs> not not yeah. even, I mean, think of um, PTO players that are out there. Like, not, none of them were even scooped up. Like, I, I just, it, it's just, it's baffling. I, I mean, they really went all in on players who have struggled with injuries being healthy this year. And I really have struggled in months to think of a time that that has worked. But anyway, that's it. No, I, I totally agree with you. Like, if, if if you know that you have players who, I mean, he has to know. He has to know, right? Like, he has to know exactly what's going on with these guys, with their injuries. He has to know. Like, you would assume, right? Like, I, I've assumed a lot with Chuck Fletcher. Like, I've given him the benefit of the doubt a lot. Because you would expect your general manager to know every minute detail about his players. Because that's his main job, to, to put players on the ice, put good players on the ice, to build a roster. You would expect him to know the minute details of a player's health, of his injury status, length of time out, how serious is it, is it degenerative, what's going on, like the ins and outs. At least that's how I would be. And I'm sure a lot of you would be the same. Like you would want to know every little thing. The way it looks, he's, he's very, very reactive. And when you're reactive, you're already losing. You, you know what I mean? You're already a step behind. Um, whereas his first season, he looked like he was a proactive guy. And I know, it, don't get me wrong. So uh, these could be things that are just unforeseen, right? We'll give him the benefit of the doubt again. We'll say, okay, how is he supposed to know that? this was going to happen, that Coots was going to re-injure his back or it was a separate injury, whatever. If it's you or I, you know that this guy's got a back issue. Why not bring in somebody on a, 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 low, a low dollar contract just in case? You know, there, there was a couple of guys out there. I can hop on cap friendly real quick just to see. But there, there were capable NHL players. You know, I don't know about top line guys or anything like that. Um, I, I don't know because like I could get on him all day long about being reactive and this and that, but that—that's also me kind of assuming that he's not doing his job, and I'm going to assume that he is doing his job, and maybe this is just horrible luck, right? I mean, yeah, I feel like if, I'm going back and forth with myself there. If I can just interject quick, yeah, please, yeah. Look at look at the Delorier contract. That money could have been used to mm -hmm. just shore up and get someone capable to, to be able to play center. I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm just, I'm so lost with with where this franchise is. I mean, it, it's crazy. And, you know, I, I can appreciate you trying to give Chuck the benefit of the doubt. But in, in my profession, part of my job is making decisions. And it's evaluating things and injury. It's not that he's never been injured before. I can I could give Chuck the benefit of the doubt if we're talking about Cam York being injured or insert like even Travis Connecting, right? Who doesn't really get injured. I could go, okay, I could see how maybe he didn't anticipate that. Coots has hasn't really been healthy of recent. So that's why I struggle with this, where you're just poorly evaluating all the cards that are on the table and that's where i get frustrated as someone who has to make decisions as a part of my job i get handed cards on a table and i have to make decisions mm -hmm. he's got to do the same thing and he's just blatantly choosing to ignore multiple cards on the table i think you're right i i like in my heart i believe you're right in my mind i'm like there's no way there's no way that this guy he, that he could be that he could be this way. There's no way, right? But like all signs point to this guy doesn't know what he's doing. This guy's not on the ball. He's not a sharp guy, right? Is, is that the impression that you get? 
Yeah, I think he just. I, I think you mentioned the perfect word. He he's he reacts. Yeah. And when you lead something, you don't want your leader to be reactionary. That is the worst possible way. In terms of being a GM, you make terrible moves um, because you have no composure. And I think that's what happened this offseason. And, yeah, I just – anyway. I mean, you could even go back and look at the, the movie made last year for Ristolainen, right? That, yep. that was – I don't want to call that a reactionary uh, move. But, you know, every time – if you want to know Chuck Fletcher made a bad deal, he's going to tell you that, oh, there was 12 other teams lined up for the same player. That's why we had to pony up. Right. And that's the giveaway. That's the tell that, hey, you know, they made a shitty deal because they had to, you know, and he, he did it again, I think, with Tony D'Angelo. I, I, we talked about it earlier in this the episode here. He, he could have had D'Angelo for a deal. Right. And if they would have signed him for a year, one million people would have been pissed, but they would have said, OK, a year, one million big, big effing deal. Instead, he waited the year instead of, you know, growing a sack and, and going out and signing them last year. He waited a year. Signed him for two years, paid him $5 million apiece, and gave up three assets in the process. That's reactionary. And that's the kind of stuff that pisses me off. Because now you're making bad deals because you're a crappy, uh, crappy GM. Right? And that, to me, and I know it's, they're not going to fire the guy after he makes a trade. Stuff like that is fireable offenses. When you have a reactionary GM, he's only going to dig the hole further down. You know? So... Uh, I'm I'm going over the list of free agents here, uh, real quick because you you know you we mentioned that they could have used maybe Delorier money for you know centers, <laughs> which is a crucial part of the hockey team, and they they were without five of them last year and they they failed to sign one center in this offseason. So I'm um, looking at Sam Steele. I know not a huge name signed for uh, 825k for a year in Minnesota. Um, I'm looking at, I think I just saw Dylan Strom signed for a year, $3 million in, uh, was it Washington? I can't find the team, but I mean, Dylan yeah, was Strom. Washington. Yeah, so I think people would have been okay with Dylan Strom playing. I mean, he maybe he might have been playing 1C for the Flyers, but, you know, if, if you're bringing back an injury prone or a guy coming back from a back injury, Sean Couturier, Signing a Dylan Strome for one year, three million might not be a bad idea. Do you know what I mean? In the event that Couturier can't play, this way you have a guy that can flex in to one of your top two center spots. Um, so, yeah, just uh, you know, it's uh, unfortunate, unfortunate stuff there. Did you have any final thoughts there, Josh? Yeah, um, when I read when I read the news today, um, my immediate thought was, what happens when he's gets injured this year it's going to happen because it happens almost every season what what are we left with i, I mean it's it's going to be it, you know i i anyway I, I don't even i don't even know but here's, that was here's what's going to happen so you're going to have morgan frost playing first or second line center uh people are going to start going crazy because he's not producing he's not this he's not that flyers ruined this kid they ruined morgan frost he, he could have been something I don't know to the level everybody was saying, and they're doing it again with Tyson Forster, but he could have been something, 40, 50-point guy, good on the power play, you know, rack up a bunch of assists. They, they did Morgan Frost no favors. They didn't – I mean, from, from what I heard also, Morgan Frost didn't necessarily help himself. But when you draft a guy in the first round, don't you want him to succeed? Don't you want to give him every opportunity to succeed and build confidence and grow and move forward as a part of your team? I just feel like they, they didn't really do that with him. They kind of made things a little tougher on him, you know, by getting him to play this two-way forward game. Morgan Frost is not a two-way forward. That's not why he drafted Morgan Frost. Trying to make him into this two-way forward, playing him on the third and fourth line with the, you know, I love Scott Long, but playing with the Scott Longs and, you know, the, the fourth-line guys of the NHL, Zach McEwens, whoever, looked good with Owen Tippett and, and uh, who, who was it, Jackson Cates last year, I believe. Um, guys that can skate and put the puck in the neck. I mean, who would have thought that Morgan Frost would have looked better playing with skilled winners? So, you know, I, that's what's going to happen next year. And I'm already not looking forward to that. Someone's going to get hurt. Morgan Frost is going to have to flex in. It's going to get lost. You know, I'm just, you know, it's that whole thing. It's that whole thing. So I was going to 
look for a positive to end this episode on. But I don't know if there is one yet. I mean, camp starts in two days, so we can look forward to that, I guess. You know, maybe somebody will surprise us in camp and, and whatnot. Antoine Roussel or Artem Anisimov or whatever. We can start to watch the The process will start. How about that? The, the, the process of change for hopefully the next season or two, three, four, and, and even beyond starts on Thursday. Mentality change, culture change. Hopefully, we can at least we can hope that things will change moving forward. And who knows? Maybe it happens quicker than quicker than we think, or at least can hope for. So, if anybody else wants to jump on, if not, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this bad boy up. I want to thank everybody for hanging out. Uh, like I said, I know it was kind of middle of the day thing, four thirty. Um, unfortunately, I had uh, something going on later tonight, and Jack and Kyle were. Unable to hang out for the episode, but we'll we'll be back next week. We'll be talking camp, and um, you know, hopefully, some positive things next week. We'll be back on Streamyard. We'll be back on uh, this episode. By the way, we'll we'll be on. It'll be out as a podcast on Spotify, Apple, uh, you name it. Wherever you guys listen to your podcasts, if um, if you had a question or or if you know Josh or or Mark, like Josh or Mark, you guys had comments and whatnot, take a listen to the episode. You'll be able to hear yourself talk, which is always cool. And uh, yeah. Thanks once again for for hanging out. We'll be back next week, guys. So I'm going to end this, and we'll talk soon. 